Hi! Today we're starting a brand new series entitled Inspiring Lessons from Bible Characters. Who are the Bible characters that you know of? There are so many. A lot of them, the stories in the Bible, not only are applicable or tells us lessons that are applicable before, but are also applicable in our lives today. And there are so many characters in the Bible, beginning with Abraham and Noah and, you know, and David and Paul and Daniel. And there's so many we can glean on them and learn from them. Again, these are inspiring lessons from Bible character. But today I'm going to talk about yet another Bible hero. He's my hero. He's one of my favorite. I'm referring to Joseph. He was the son of Jacob. Joseph the dreamer, they call him, or Joseph the visionary. He went through a lot in his life. He went through a lot of difficulties, but we can learn so much from his particular stories. Okay, and here I'm going to read first in Genesis. It says here, Joseph, son of Jacob and Rachel, lived in the land of Canaan with 10 half-brothers. He had 10 siblings, brothers. Can you imagine a you know, a bunch of brothers where, you, you know, you're wild and you're, you're just hanging around. And then he also had one full brother and at least one half-sister. He was Rachel's firstborn and Jacob's 11th son. Joseph was Jacob's 11th son. Of all the sons, Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. He even gave him a long coat of many colors. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. So if you go back, rewind, go back in time, just try and kind of imagine them living in Canaan. It was, a, it was a land that was feeding them. It was a land that was full, but there were also seasons where it was dry. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, Think about this. He was only a teenager, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. You know, Jacob had many wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved J Joseph more than any of his other sons because he has been born to him in his old age. He was old and he had another son. So he gave him, made him an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that the father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. This is in Genesis. So here we see siblings, brothers who live together. Here we see in this particular verse that Jacob favored Joseph, not the other brothers, Jacob was his favorite. Jacob was his loved one. He was kind of biased with Jacob because he enjoyed Jacob. He was the youngest amongst all the siblings. I have my first point here. Playing favorites destroys relationship. Favoritism is defined as being inclined to favor someone over the others. You know, when you show partiality, Favoritism comes from a selfish desire to be siding on somebody or being biased. To show favoritism is to give preference to one person over the others who have equal claims. Since every person is created by God to be unique, 
This doesn't mean we're to choose and prioritize one over the other. Do you know that God doesn't have favorites? Do you know that God doesn't favor anyone? He treats you and I equally. He treats each one justly and equally. God, God, God doesn't love you more than me or me more than you. God loves us all equally. He, his love for everyone is the same. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. This is in James. Again, clearly the Bible tells us that favoritism is wrong. In fact, favoritism is a sin. In the case of Joseph, his father Jacob was impartial and biased towards the other siblings of Joseph. He prioritized and loved Joseph over the others. Because of this, the family relationships was affected. You know, there was jealousy. There was envy amongst the brothers. In fact, they were so jealous, one day the brothers threw him in a pit, you know, a big hole, and just left him there. We shall later find out that this escalated to even more difficulties and problems as the story continues. But one day, let's continue on, one day Joseph had a dream. And when he told his siblings, his brothers, about his dream, they hated him all the more. This was his dream. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while all you guys, all your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. He was trying to show them and tell them his dream. His brother said to him, what, do you intend to reign over us or rule over us? Will you actually rule over us? And so they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he has said. Then the following, probably a few nights later, he had another dream. And he told this to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and the 11 stars, wow, specifically the number of brothers he had, were bowing down before him, before me, he said. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father Jacob kind of was offended and rebuked him and said, what is, dream you, what is this dream you're talking about? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. See, because of this dream, their envy and jealousy increased. They were already jealous because he was already the favorite of his, their dad. But they were, became even more envious and even more jealous when he began to tell stories and visions and dreams about them bowing to him. This story tells us that Joseph had a dream from God. Let me pause there for a while. Many times, it is God who gives us a vision. Not all our dreams are from God, but sometimes God instills in our heart our calling, instill in our heart a vision, okay? And when that happens, many times people around you will be the first one to pull you down. Have you had an experience where you know that God gave you a call? And when, you're, when you have a calling, when you have a vision, when you have something like that, some people sometimes envy you. Some people sometimes when you talk so big, they kind of say, hey, you know, what's up? When you have a vision, 
people will begin to envy you. That's normal. It's like a crab mentality. They want to pull you down. The brothers was exactly that. They were affected by it. So they decided to throw Joseph in a pit. We shall later find out that this escalated to even more difficulties and problems as the story continues, which I'm going to be talking about next week. But my second point here is this. Each person has a unique vision and calling, and it's different from one another. Your calling, the, God, the, the vision that God has placed in your heart, your design, your desires are all different. We are all uniquely called by God. That's the second point. Don't ever think that you know, when you have somebody else's vision and you just want to copy the, uh, the vision of another person, no. Stick to what God is telling you to do. My third point, which is never compare yourself with others. Let's pause for a while. Think about this. Don't ever compare yourself with others. You know, in the States, when my wife worked for this um, doctor, they had so many cases of depression, so many cases of people just being lonely. And I realized many of which are coming from a point where they begin to compare themselves with others. You know, when you compare yourself with others, sometimes you look at what people, other people have or what, how other people look. Or you compare your lifestyle with other people, especially when you're in, you're in social media, right? You kind of compare yourself and what you have and or what they have. And then you begin to say, man, I envy what they have. I'm jealous of what they have. Okay. And this causes a lot of resentment and anxiety and worry. Sometimes we don't know the people that we're comparing ourselves with. We don't know that maybe they, they, you know, they work hard for something. Or maybe they were called to do something. Or maybe the purpose of God in their life is different from us. We tend to compare ourselves with others. I like this story of a guy. His name is Nicholas or James Vujicic. Okay? Nick Vujicic. He was born on the 4th of December, 1982. He's, you know what? He's an amazing motivational speaker. You can check him out in YouTube. Okay, you know what his motto in life was? Is his, his motto in life is this, no arms, no legs, no worries. You know why? He was born without arms, without legs, and he said, and I don't worry. And his story is amazing because people like him will probably be humiliated growing up. If you can imagine no arms, no arms and no legs. How are you gonna, you know, how are you gonna face life with no arms and no legs? Probably you're gonna say you're worthless. Probably you're gonna say that, you know, God favored other people or God is biased. No. Why do things happen to us? Why are there situations in our lives where some people have more or less than we do? Why? This particular motivational speaker found this calling and he realized that he can be used by God even if he doesn't have arms and legs. That here, this, this is the picture of uh, Nick. 
Okay, you can find him out. And this is what he keeps telling other people. Now he goes around the world teaching people about life, teaching people about accept your uniqueness. And here he has several points, he said. The first point he said is embrace your uniqueness. You're unique. You're unique. We are all wonderfully made, each possessing different talents, maybe a combination of talents, each possessing different kind of passion and experiences. All these experiences that you have, whether it's good or bad, it shapes who we are. And it shaped Nick the way he was. Comparing ourselves to others not only diminishes our self-esteem, but also robs us of the joy that comes from embracing our uniqueness. Remember, there's no one like you. And that is really your superpower. You're unique. You have things that other people don't have. I have things that probably you don't have. Comparison, when you're, your comparison breeds unhappiness, which is my, the other point. When you compare yourself to others, you begin to see what you don't have. When we constantly compare ourselves to others, we're focusing on what we lack instead of appreciating what we have. How many of you experienced that? I've experienced that, but I've learned to be content with who I am, what I have, and in my calling. This leads to feelings of inadequacy, jealousy, and unhappiness. Sometimes we think that the grass may appear greener on the other side, but the truth is everyone faces challenges and struggles. Everyone, no exception. They may be having that, but they have their challenges. You know, again, I keep thinking about Jeff Bezos, he's the founder of Amazon. You know, I found out that he has over, what, close hundreds of lawsuits every month. I mean, I, if I had one, I probably won't be able to sleep. But this guy is just used to having that. And he has countless lawyers. It's crazy, right? He has different challenges. He has different struggles than me. Okay? So everyone has that. It may not be visible at first glance, okay? The other thing that Nick was saying is your journey is personal. Personal, okay? Life is not a competition. It's not against you and me. We're on the same side. We're all children of God. But each one of us is a, has a unique journey with our situations, our circumstances. We have different sets of challenges. But we also have different sets of opportunities, you know? So all of us have a personal journey, and theirs are different. Mine is different. Again, when you begin to compare yourself to others, it's going to bring you down. Comparing your progress to others only serves to distract you from your personal growth. Oh, when you're looking at somebody and they're going ahead in life, and you're still here. Okay? It kind of makes distracts you. Instead of you focusing on your personal growth and your personal call, it becomes a distraction. And the lessons you need to learn along the way is missed out when you begin to compare. You know, we all have a different route. You have a different route. So don't ever think that, why is he like this and not me? He has a different route. Okay? Another thing I'd like to say is you have to celebrate others' success. Instead of you being envious of others, celebrate their success. You know what? If God can do it to them, God can do it to me probably in a different way. 
But God loves us all equally. There are no favorites. Instead of feeling envious of others' accomplishments, let's learn to celebrate their success. I mean, genuinely celebrate. Are you happy? If God did it to them, why can't He do it to you? Maybe God is a different route for you, right? By adopting an attitude of support and encouragement, we foster a positive and uplifting environment where everyone can thrive. Everyone can thrive. The other point here is nurture gratitude and contentment. I love that. I think one of the most powerful words in the Bible is contentment. Contentment is when what you have, you're already at peace with it, and what you have, you're happy with it. Lord, I'm happy with what I have. I'm joyful with what I have. But you know what? I know you're going to give me more. So nurture it. Nurture the gratitude. Gratitude is a powerful antidote to comparison. When you're grateful, you know, I may not have what, what other people have, but you know what? I have my children. Some people have a lot. I may not have a lot, but I have good health. Some people may have this and that. I have amazing grandchildren. You know what? I keep telling them, this is what I have. Some people have all the money in the world. But I have, you know, my liver is healthy. You know, you know, I can see. I'm joyful. I have a, an amazing marriage. When we practice gratitude, we shift our focus from what we lack to what we have been blessed with. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what God's blessing you with. I have an amazing family. We love each other. We recognize that blessings in our lives opens the door to contentment and a more positive outlook, right? Another thing, cultivate self-compassion. Again, what does that mean? Treat yourself with the same kind of kindness. Be nice to yourself. Sometimes we are the ones who is not nice to ourselves. We are the ones that looking, it's always looking for more. Okay, so treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you'd probably offer a friend. Okay, acknowledge that we all have imperfections. And we make mistakes, but these mistakes and shortcomings do not define our worth, okay? Embrace self-compassion. It will help you navigate life's challenges with greater sense of resilience and confidence, okay? So again, just to um, summarize, playing favorites will destroy relationships, just like Joseph and Jacob. Don't do that. Playing favorites will destroy relationships. Point number two again, each person's vision and calling is different from one another. Be happy with your call. Be happy where you are because this is the purpose and the vision that God has for you. And lastly, never compare yourself with others. Okay, that's the last thing you want to do.